Our lesson this evening is from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. Paul writes, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. The responsory is on page 230. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. It is kind of a strange lesson that we have here, and it seems even stranger when you recognize that Paul's words about Timothy and Epaphroditus come smack dab in the middle of his letter to the Philippians. To this point, we've heard all about his joy in spite of his suffering. We've heard about his encouragement to the people of Philippi that they would remain steadfast in the faith, confident that God who began that good work in them would bring it to completion. We are used to, in Paul's letters, hearing about people in his life at the very end of a letter. So he'll name a bunch of people who are with him, who will also send their greetings. He'll mention that prayers should be said for so-and-so, and he'll have a list of folks who are encouraging him in his ministry. But here, these names, Timothy and Epaphroditus, they happen right in the middle of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And it's not accidental. It's not just a stray thought. In fact, there's something about the structure of Philippians that is kind of hard to pick up on when we're reading it just a section by section here on these Wednesday evenings. But one of the things that's true of Greek literature and Hebrew literature, literature from the ancient world, is that what comes in the middle is often what is most important. When we tell a story, it's usually that the climax comes near the end, but when the people of Israel would tell a story, it was often the very center of the story that was the climax. That's the thing you should pay most attention to. And so it is even more surprising then that Timothy and Epaphroditus appear in Paul's letter here right in the middle. The very center has to do with these two people, these two men who have been helping Paul along the way. Paul has been expressing his joy, his profound joy at the good work that God has done among the Philippians. And now he mentions these two men. They are at the heart and center of what he is proclaiming to the Philippians. Because Timothy and Epaphroditus keep the word of God. They follow in the footsteps of Jesus. They are imitators of Paul and imitators of Jesus. They are doing the work that God has given them to do. But notice, notice that Paul doesn't list any sort of miracles that Timothy and Epaphroditus have worked. 
their works are not spectacular. They're not headline-catching, attention-grabbing kinds of works. In fact, they really are very plain. Listen to what Paul says about Timothy. You know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he served me in the gospel. That's it. Paul praises Timothy and he puts him at the center of this letter because he has served as a son with a father. A work that really is the most amazing there could be as a son with a father doing the ordinary things, the common things, just being helpful and attendant to the needs of his beloved Paul. Timothy is doing one of the most marvelous works there could be. And in doing that, he serves the advancement of the gospel throughout the world. Timothy receives a place at the center of Paul's letter to the Philippians here just because he's a common, normal sort of person. Doing an amazing thing just by doing what is in front of him. As Paul observes, not seeking his own welfare, but seeking the welfare of others. This is what Paul commended to the Philippians. He said, don't seek your own good. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, not looking to your own interests, but looking to the interests of others. And that is what makes Timothy marvelous. Again, not that he's worked miracles, not that he's done incredible things, but he has done the ordinary things, seeking not his own interests, but the interests of others. When all else, when all others seem to abandon Paul, when they seem to leave him behind, here's Timothy, just being a good helper. The same thing goes for Epaphroditus. We don't hear his name again except at the end of the letter to the Philippians, and that's it. He doesn't get any other mention in the rest of the Bible. Yet here he is in the center of Paul's letter. Why? Because he has been working with Paul, laboring with him as a fellow worker, as a brother, as a fellow soldier, as a messenger, and as a minister to Paul's needs. He's just helping out. And in fact, he helps out to the point that basically he works himself sick. He's just working hard, doing whatever's in front of him, doing whatever is needed to assist Paul. Not to gain his own glory. In fact, he's concerned that the Philippians will be anxious about him because he's become sick. He doesn't want them to worry about him. He wants them to know that all that he's doing to help Paul, all that he's doing to advance the gospel is because he loves them and he cares for them. And that is what puts him at the center of Paul's letter to the Philippians, the ordinary, normal work of a Christian, loving his neighbors, caring for them, looking out for their needs, desiring what's good for them, not the kind of thing that attracts any attention in the world, not the kind of thing that gains any praise in the world, no more than the death of Jesus on the cross would gain the praise of anyone in the world. In fact, there's a parallel here between how Epaphroditus is described as, by Paul and how Jesus is described by Paul. Jesus says that, or Paul says that Jesus suffered, humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Obedient to the point of death, just as Epaphroditus was obedient, nearly dying to the point of near death, just doing the work that was in front of him, just being busy with loving his neighbors. Not the kind of thing that gains the praise of the world, no more than Jesus on the cross gains the praise of the world, but you Christians know something better. You know that in Christ giving of himself for the world, you have salvation. You know that in Christ emptying himself for the needs of others, not looking to his own interests, but looking to the interests of others, you have hope. 
you have a resurrection ahead of you. And that is what inspires Paul to work the way he does, to love the Philippians. That's what inspires Timothy and Epaphroditus, the love that God has for them in Christ Jesus. That's what inspires them to put their hand to the next task, to think not of their own needs, but the needs of others. That's what can inspire you as well. Not to do miraculous, headline-grabbing, attention-grabbing kinds of deeds. Not to make changes in the world. Not to turn the world upside down, but just to do what's in front of you. Just to be busy with whatever it is in front of you that needs your attention, the needs of those around you. Not seeking your own interests, but the interests of others. Christ's sacrifice on the cross is what inspires us to do the very same. And that is what gives Timothy and Epaphroditus the praise of Paul. That's what puts them at the center of his letter. That they are like Christ in this way. Paul puts them before the Philippians and praises God for them, thanking God that these men have been put in his life to do the work that is needed. And he encourages the Philippians to listen to them, to be obedient to them, to thank God for them as well. Because it is a gift when anyone just does the work that's in front of them. It's a gift when anyone sets their needs aside and helps others. Listen to Jesus as he pours out himself for you, as he breathes his last for you, as he prays for you from the cross. Listen to him as he rises from the grave, offering you his very body and blood for your salvation. Listen to him and be like him. Serve those around you. Attend not to your own needs, to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And in doing that, watch as the light of Christ spreads in the world all around you, starting with those who are closest to you. Watch and thank God. Rejoice that he accomplishes so much through you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.